Hi, Hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushman and Dustin podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ringnecks and Retrievers. In this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushman and Dustin. All right, hunters, welcome back to the Flushman Dustin podcast. We got a uh, team flusher here. Uh, these guys, we've been following them on Instagram for a little bit, and uh, pretty excited to have them on tonight. They got a good page going. They run obviously flushing dogs and retrievers, so we enjoy enjoy their content, enjoy what those guys are doing. Uh, we do have Emily. And Cody, a husband and wife duo. Oh, correction. Emily and and Jonathan, (laughs) the husband and wife duo. My bad. My bad. Not good names. Uh, There's no no editing that one out either. That's in there. (laughs) It's in there. Uh, and then we got then we got Cody too. So if if all you want to introduce yourselves and uh, we'll take it from there, right? So uh, Cody, um, I've been running. I have a four well, he'll be four in November, four-year-old Labrador Retriever. Um, I have a pup out of him who is not here right now. He's a training. Thank God, because he's a mess. Nice. <laughs> um, so he'll be a year in October. Um, I uh, I come from a hunting family. I've been hunting my whole life. My grandfather hunted. My father hunted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got into bird dogs from a waterfowl, kind of from the waterfowl side of things for sure. We always upland and small game hunted. We ran beagles. Oh, cool. Um, I've had beagles my entire life. Um, but my first bird dog was bear. Um, and, uh, yeah, we started waterfowl hunting, me and my brother, probably 10 years ago or so. And a year or two into that, you know, it became pretty obvious we were going to need, uh, we were going to eat a bird dog. Yeah. And did you guys grow up hunting with uh, Labrador Retrievers, or did you decide to go that way, or what made you what made you go I that? I had a Labrador Retriever when I was okay. a kid. His, his name was actually Bear, which is why. Okay. <laughs> which is where that came from. Um, he hunted, but, you know, it was a pheasant thing, um, which was great. But yep. uh, primarily growing up, we ran beagles. Um, okay. I come from kind of a family of houndsmen, I guess you would say. My grandfather was in ticks and walkers for coons, uh, raccoons, and uh, that was kind of the big thing. And beagles for rabbits, so it was raccoons at night, rabbits during the day. Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. are you, where are you from that you guys ran uh, hounds Cent- and beagles? Central Pennsylvania. Okay. Is where I was born and raised. Um, so, uh, yeah, once once we started waterfowling, I was away for a couple years. Um, in the military. And, thanks for your uh, service, man. Yes, thank you. When I got home, my younger brother wanted to waterfowl hunt, you know, and that was kind of the last uh, we hunt. I come from a kind of generalist outdoorsman family. Yeah. You know, we kind of did everything, um, but but waterfowl. Um, so when we kind of, that was sort of the last frontier, you know, and uh, we jumped into that and kind of the rest is history as far as bird dogs. And once I had a bird dog, you know, sky's the limit. And uh, you, you said that you sent your dog away. So do you have them professionally trained or I guess what, or obedience or what are you doing with them? Yes. So the breeder that bear comes from um, is, was a breeding between uh, Timber Ridge Retrievers, which is in Southern Pennsylvania and Stabby Sill Retrievers, which is in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, Randy with Stabby Sill, shout out to him, man. He's great. Uh, he is, and obviously I'm biased, but <laughs> in the state of Pennsylvania, as far as duck dogs, upland dogs go from the retriever side of things, I mean, he's kind of the guy to go, you know, nice. to go to. Um, yeah, so-, so I had my Black Lab uh, trained by a trainer as well. Um, just don't have the time to do it myself. Uh, got a daughter, got another one on the way, you know, so makes it tough. Uh, my next one will definitely be going to a trainer as well, I think. Yeah. For me um it, it it pays off just to have that quick gratification uh like that but like tyler he's done all the work with his dogs which has been amazing to see 
um, yeah. the transformation with them just for him being able to do it himself. So I, I guess he, he gets a different gratification than I guess I do. Yeah, no, say, absolutely. But. And I do like I send him away for force fetch. Yes. And handling. Yeah. All the hand signals. Yeah. You know, like when I dropped my younger dog off, he you know, he basic lining abilities ready for force fetch. Yep. Uh, basic obedience. Yes. Yep. And I uh, everything I got I try to have done. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Diesel. So I, he's been force fed. He does the signals, and then I ran him in HRC hunt tests. So he has a he has a championship in that or ribbon in it. Uh, t- he has a title in that, I guess, is what you call it. So it's fun to do. Um, but I'm more of the uh, reinforce reinforce guy after he already knows it. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's just kind of where I come in at. Yeah. But anyways, that's that's me as far as me and my dogs. Over to awesome. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to put Jonathan on the spot. Emily, would you please go? I mean, Jonathan's probably still. He's, he's probably still nervous sitting there. Get get the man a shot. Let him calm down a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, there he goes. There he goes. Wild turkey gobbled up. Um. Yeah. Well, I kind of. In a similar sense to Cody, I grew up hunting as well um, with my dad and my older brother. And um, actually, my dad tells a story that so we I grew up with Springer Spaniels. Yep. And my dad tells a story that um, like we would go take them out just for a general small game. So rabbits, pheasants, whatever. And that my brother and I, he's two years older than me, that he would like, my dad would clip leashes onto his belt loops. Oh, yeah. And my brother and I would have to hold on to them as we yes. kind of walk through the field together. I don't remember doing this. So that's kind of <laughs> where, where I started with it. And I just remember, you know, I grew up um, just hunting with the guys. And so, yep. you know, pheasant hunting, deer hunting, whatever. Um, so it's obviously really natural for me to hunt with these guys too. Like, I don't care yeah. who's out there. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's great that you're getting out there. I don't think there's enough women that hunt. Uh, so my wife, we, I have had her out. So two years ago, she would have been, uh, would have been her last time going cause we've had a baby and now she's pregnant again. So she's not walking in any fields or anything, but I wish she could go again. And I think it's great, uh, to get more women out in the field and, and know that they can do it and have fun with it. Yeah, it's been really cool because just in the last couple of years, like my mom has started hunting and my sister has started hunting. And they're really the only two females that I know that are out there. And like when I go out with these guys or even by myself, um, I never see any other women out there. So I know that John and I were talking today that it's like the fact, we know that it's the fastest growing population of hunters, um, which makes sense. Yep. You have to start somewhere. Uh, when there was <laughs> right. nothing, of course, we're like the fastest growing population. Um, yeah, and so that's been, uh, it's just been like part of who I've been and anything that I can do to encourage really anybody um, to go out, you know, guys or girls, I'm, I'm for that. So, yep. yeah. Okay. I'm Jonathan. I did not grow up hunting. Um, it wasn't because like I, like had anything against hunting. Uh, it was really just like a lack of access. I didn't know anybody that hunted. I grew up in a, I grew, I'm from the great state of Tennessee, by God. Um, well, that plaid shirt looks damn good on you for you not being a hunter. I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I met Emily, like I knew that like in our conversations, like, okay, cool, her family hunts. Then we got engaged. I was like, I guess I too will will get into hunting on some level. Um, I wasn't. I didn't know at the time that this is where we. I would be. Um, I, you know, it was like deer hunting, deer hunting. Um, but I won't forget the first time in the pheasant fields, like of Pennsylvania, which we can talk about in a minute. The stock, yeah, But, um. I actually didn't know at the time that they were stocked. I thought these were the wildest pheasants that <laughs> ever graced the earth. Um, just to show my own like lack of knowledge at the time, um, and just that entire like the, the entire activity, I was like sold on it. Um, 
And so, yeah, we have a six and a half year old Springer named Dixie. And then there's another like bird terrorist over here. <laughs> who's how old is she now? She's oh, just over three months old. Oh, oh. Yeah. that's fun. It's yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> something speaking to sleep that, yeah, it's just next level. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> so what so in pennsylvania you kind of mentioned it they don't have you guys don't have wild pheasants out there or is it everything is stocked or is there it or are there places where there are wild pheasants there is places um when i was a kid and probably when when emily was a, was young we had wild birds yeah on their way out the door yeah um, there was already at that time a heavy a heavy stocking presence in okay. the state. Our stocking program was very different back then. Um, I shot my last wild bird. Oh, eight, eight probably <laughs> ten years ago. Oh wow! Um, there, we made the state. When I say we, the state made a go of it with pheasant. What we called uh, pheasant recovery areas which were essentially state game lands that were chosen throughout the state. I, I want to say there was four or five of them and they were kind of picked and birds were brought in from I, Montana. I can't, I, I don't want please don't quote me on yeah. this, but Midwest wild birds from, from another state and they were managed for wild pheasants. All but one of them has failed. Um, oh really? We had our first, years ago now we we had our first junior hunts there but in a as a whole that program I, i'm sure there are people that would I, there's only one left so that speaks for itself I, I don't, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's so crazy are they still stocking the birds then and then they let, 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 so wisconsin i know they do a day where they tell the public that the dnr is going to stock a field and then everybody lines up on the edges and hunts it which i think is there's, crazy but there's a little there that goes on but it's a little more under the table so okay different game lands so you stuff. pay the dnr officer to tell you that they're doing it yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 you're a great fine buddy you know uh, so it's different game lands throughout the state are stocked on on generally different days throughout the season and everybody knows essentially what what that day is i can tell you right now the game lands that we hunt the state lands that we hunt in our area are stocked on thursdays if it's raining they will be stocked on fridays um, <laughs> it sucks uh I, personally i try to avoid those days and we 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 all it's, yeah something we're trying to take part in wow um, that's crazy birds, i had no idea do you know how many birds they stock on average in a year does it vary or they they tell us uh, I mean, my word, we could look it up. Um, like thousands. It's a lot. Thousands. Really? Yeah. The youth yeah. allocation was, again, please nobody hold me uh, totally accountable for this, but the youth season, our youth season was last Saturday. Okay. For, what's a week long? Um, I think that allocation was, was thousands of birds, even just in, in and of itself. Oh, wow. Wow. So you have a pretty good opportunity to see birds when you guys go out. We kill birds. I, I actually hunted. I was the only one who hunted in the youth season. Mm -hmm. um, I had two junior hunters out the first day of the youth season. I think Bear flushed somewhere between 15 and 20 birds. Wow. Oh, nice. Good for him. So, yeah, they're out there. Yeah. Good day. So do they have a pretty good amount of public ground for you guys to walk on then? Or... Do farmers let you on there? I don't know how they. Some game lands are just by this, by the nature of the state land. Some some are bigger than others. Yeah. We're super fortunate, and Jonathan Emily can talk more about this. The area that we live in, actually, where we're at right now, which is my house, the entire back of my property is state game lands. So oh, I can wow. out my back door, um, and we can be in the grouse, woodcock, pheasants potentially. Um, Deer, waterfowl, there's wetlands behind the house. Um, so we're super Hunter's lucky. paradise. Yeah, we're super lucky where, where we're yeah. um, All the land and didn't have to pay for it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can speak more on, on our, our lands that we hunt right around here. Because um, so um, they live five minutes down the road. So we're you three hunt together a lot. Um, I know 
y'all are out scouting different uh, different game, waterfowl, pheasant, uh, quail, what have you. So are you hunting together a lot, or is it just, uh, I guess, you let us know what you're doing? It's both. It's, it's all, I think it's, you know, it's individual when we can, um, or when the time allows, like my schedule is super flexible. Cody has some flexibility and then Jonathan works a normal, like Monday to Friday job. So he only has weekends. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really like when our schedules align, we'll all go out. And it's been really cool because last year was the first year that Dixie and Bear hunted together. Okay. Um, Very cool. And so it was really cool to see them work and how like almost automatically they picked up on each other's strengths um which went well for us um yeah. how many flushes they had but um yeah like Cody was saying we're really lucky with where we are we can you know we have public land all around us but then the fields that they're stocking for pheasants you know from Cody's house or like across the road and for us it's maybe like a 5 minute drive oh man can't beat oh, that yeah. When does we drive? I mean, we have some places close, but so I'm in Des Moines, which is the biggest city in Iowa, and then Tyler is in the second biggest city in Iowa. So I mean, right around here gets hit pretty hard. So normally I end up driving hour and a half, two hours out of town to get to places that that people normally don't go to. Yeah, it has a lot, lot of pressure. Is it so? Like, (laughs) does a public ground is it do they have just regular pheasant season like it's from this state to this state or is there like i don't does it go past kind of how like iowa has preserves that you can hunt you know like it opens up early and closes later do you guys have those as well that you can hit up or is it mainly just straight public ground i mean there are preserves um i've never messed with it our like the pheasant stamp your license is like twenty six fifty, okay. um, and I just doing some rough math. I think we shot like fifty something. Oh wow! So you guys have to get a so you guys have to get a hunting license plus a pheasant stamp on top of that. Yes, and that was the big. That's fairly new. It's been a couple years now. What four years? Yeah, it's that was the big kind of monumental shift in pheasant hunting in the state yeah. of California in the last. In our in our lifetime, certainly, there's kind of two points, I guess, when wild birds stopped being a thing, and then when this when the stamp started, kind of in a timeline. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't have to get a stamp here. We just buy a you know, yeah. thirty thirty dollar license. And- Pheasant stocking program in Pennsylvania was it was astronomically expensive. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, you just, uh, just like I think of it as a preserve. Yeah, for a state. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. a lot of birds. We actually just went to a, a preserve today to get the uh, the dogs warmed up before uh, season here. We tried to do that one or two times uh, before season opens in Iowa. Yeah, it sucks. It's like the latest season to open. Everybody else, Wisconsin's open now. Everybody surrounding Iowa's open, but Iowa. And it's like, when do you guys open? The last weekend in October. So Halloween this year, October 31st, it's like everybody else has been, yeah, Yeah. everybody else has been hunting for three weeks and we're just sitting around like, come on guys, let's go. But yeah, ours opens. Well, yeah. Like Cody said, junior was last weekend. Yes. And it's a week long. So, so it ended um, yesterday. Yeah. And then next, like this coming Saturday is when pheasants open here, but grouse open this weekend. Yeah, is there, this was our duck opener as well. Yeah. Okay. Is there a pretty good grouse number oh, uh, in Pennsylvania? I'll take this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, when y'all, so when, when we were talking earlier and y'all mentioned conservation, so one of the things that I, when I thought those pheasants were the wildest things that were ever hatched on this planet, and then later realized that that isn't even close to the case, um, I have a blast hunting pheasants here. Right. Yep. Um, it's a blast um but there's also an allure to to hunting something wild for me so i've made it a point a little bit last year but gotten way more serious about it this year getting into grouse grouse the rough grouse is the state bird of pennsylvania okay um they also don't exist in the numbers that they did 50 years ago 10 years ago yeah or 10 years ago 
the, there's not as much cutting as there used to be from, from what I understand, not being a native Pennsylvanian. Um, there's, there's a, there's a number of issues with West Nile habitat. Oh, okay. And then so, which is the same reason when, when we talk about pheasants, we're talking about stock pheasants, like yep. issues of conservation. And inherently the entire conversation ultimately comes back to conservation, creating habitat, um, and then supporting those places, making sure that we have safeguards in place to protect them. Um, so this weekend, going to be the grouse spectacular for Dixie. She doesn't know. <laughs> so do you guys always hunt then in Pennsylvania? You ever go? You ever go out of state? You ever travel? Funny, you should bring this up. Oh I'm boy, I'm leaving for Colorado uh, Thursday morning. Nice. Uh, or a pheasant uh, duck, or what are you going for? Elk and mule deer. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I've always a big game would be fun. It would be boys. Do you are you gonna take? Are you bow hunting or are you doing rifle or? Uh, we're doing uh, uh, Colorado's second rifle season. Nice. Did you do a draw on that then? Uh, for deer, yes. We we uh, it took us three years for the oh, wow. for the particular unit that we're that we're hunting um, to, to actually draw a license. Elks over bull elk is over the counter. A couple guys have cow tags. We're, I'm going in a group of family. Um, do you have? Do you have get a guide then? Are you doing it all yourself? Or no, we're doing public land uh, DIY. Um, we've been out there before, so we kind of know a little bit. Um, but yeah, the public land. Uh, we're hunting national forest. Um, nice. All on our own. Man, that would be awesome. That's crazy. I don't, I don't know enough about it. I'd be like, what? <laughs> Is there is there any big game out in Pennsylvania? We are, um, you know, deer, deer, bear, turkeys. We hunt it all. We okay. got bear out there. Oh, Black bear. Or? There's elk too, but it's not as. Uh... <laughs> if you can see that. <laughs> oh, nice. The elk is on a, a lottery system, so they don't allow that many harvests. Um, that's more like north central pennsylvania yeah. but yeah. yeah bear there's a ton of bear yeah we don't have any we don't really have any big game besides white, white tails. tails big yeah. white tails though uh yeah they are big yeah, yeah. they are big <laughs> they grow some pretty big racks that is for sure so give us a little breakdown um you got the springer spaniel you got the labrador retriever how do they work together uh, how are they different um so i've never hunted over a Springer Spaniel at all. So, I mean, I, I don't know anything really about them other than they're obviously a flusher. So I guess, what do you guys see? And, and I guess, what do you like in back and forth about each dog? I mean, we're going to have like a, a basic disagreement here. Cause I would say the Springer is the pinnacle of flushing dogs. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many wild turkeys have you had? <laughs> a couple yinglings for yeah. <laughs> by the way yingling is some of the best beer yeah they're fine pennsylvania um i don't know i mean so springers and what i've seen and the research i've done and just reading and trying to educate myself about the breed more and more um it is a certain style yep in the, in the same way that like all flushing dogs are, you can't have a dog that's running 200 yards out and yeah. birds out of cover. It's yeah. Super useless. Um, the, the natural quartering like left to right, um, like a windshield wiper, but more adaptable than that. Like, like a good dog would be able to un understand the wind. Yep. Yeah. Is it just like hard left to right, hard left to right? It's going to, if you're walking into the wind, that might be more like that. Yep. With the wind at your back. Or sorry, the wind and gosh, I can't. Dixie knows the wind better than John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um I grew up very much my dad was like, Well, let's just take them out and we'll see how they do. So that was like the training um that I grew up with and we had one really good springer growing up and one not so great springer growing <laughs> up so uh Dixie is kind of a hybrid model of that thought of um just use the natural talent that we hope she has 
when we got her versus training, which actually we started doing, uh, we were like a quarantine during yeah. the mm-hmm. whole shutdown, like Cody's family and then me and Jonathan. And so Dixie, that's actually really when we started to try to train her to retrieve because she's not a retriever. She, yep. she will not retrieve for us, which is one of the great things about the two of them hunting together because that's what Bear lives for. <laughs> and I was oh, for sure. Dixie yeah. lives for the shot and Bear lives for the retrieve. Um, <laughs> And then you have that story about them hunting last year yeah. where they pinched that one. Oh, gosh. Uh, and I would like to take a point. Some, one of your listeners is going to say, well, Springer Spaniels are supposed to retrieve. We know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're concerned. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, then I'll let Cody talk about how magical Bear is. Because Bear really is an underratedly, he's not underrated. He's just a great dog. I love Bear. Bear actually turned me on labs. I grew up not liking labs because I was like, they just lick everything and their tails knock stuff off of everything. And then I met Bear and I was like, okay, no, you guys are good. You're fully redeemed. Um, so there was, uh, gosh, there was that fence row at the end of this one field. We'd, we'd pushed the end of this field, gotten to the edge, and it was just like a, a barren wasteland of a cut cornfield, like beyond the fence row. So we had turned around, we we're just kind of standing there. And Bear gets, you know, as flushing dogs do, when people are like, well, how do you know they're on a bird? And it's like, you know, right? Like, you know, it's not, they're not keeping secrets from you. Yep. Um, and he obviously starts working. And Dixie goes out. On, so there's a fence row at our back, and then there's a fence row kind of like 10 yards to our right. She goes through the fence row, runs up 30, 35 yards, cuts back in, and works back in towards bear and i think bear ultimately put it up but just just the teamwork in general yeah just naturally looking at what the other dogs do and then and making a play yeah just cool we we had uh actually today at the the preserve we had something similar like that happen so diesel uh my black lab he was hanging out over here and we kept walking he just would not leave the area (laughs) <laughs> and he just kept going back to that area and would not leave. And I said, all right, he's six. He, I said, Tyler, there's something over here. Yeah. I said, we got to get over here. It's obviously running or whatever. So then all three of the dogs came over, and they actually chased the bird right to me. It was running. So obviously, it, once it saw me, it flew. But it was pretty cool to have them all like trying to corral it. And it was it was running all over hell. So we uh, ended up corralling it. Just got to trust the dog's nose, you know. You got to trust them. I think that's like the one thing that I keep learning from Dixie is like she knows if I'm trying to call her out of somewhere and she's not coming it's because she knows and I just I think it's the one thing that I've really I I keep learning year after year I don't know why it hasn't sunk in yet but just like (laughs) I don't think it changes I mean I've always same same thing I've always tried to call Diesel or my other black lab that I used to have Jackson off no, 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 we're going this way. No, 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 we're going this way. And all of a sudden they get a bird up and I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes like towards the end of the season, my plan is I'm just going to follow her. So I'll just start in a field and wherever she goes, I'll go. Um, the beginning of the year, I try to map it out a little bit more than that, but I always just end up following her. So, so Tyler and I, when we went to last year in South Dakota, we actually started doing that. Yep. So... Uh, I just said, hey, Diesel's going this way. I'm going to go this way. You got your cell phone. You go that way. We'll just, you know, meet back up wherever the hell. And it actually ended up working out great for us. We saw a ton of birds. Um, and then we always corral kind of like back in the middle. We'd somehow just meet kind of back in this middle point. I don't know, that one field we had, I don't know what it was. We shot one bird. And then all of a sudden at the end, you could see, I don't know, 50, 60 yards out, there is 30, 40 birds just getting up. And I was like, oh, shit. So we yeah. we corralled them all back to one spot. And it was like, oh, that actually worked out pretty well. Yeah. Other than we, other than we, did, we got one. But. <laughs> <laughs> last year on one of the days that we hunted grouse, I feel like a similar thing happened where Dixie, we kept trying to pull her away from an edge where she wanted to go. And I think Jonathan was on that side. So he kept trying to pull her over towards the middle. And finally we just let him go. And we, you know, we're busting through brush running behind them and we get to a road and there's a grouse literally, I feel like with like it's middle finger up, like walking over into some private land. (laughs) Uh, I think too, just to 
just to wrap up the differences between them. Um, Dixie is, and I think probably I, I would say Springer's in general. She kind of has that very that kind of that steady like that she moves birds, um, and she, she's probably a little more uh, she's a little more dedicated. She keeps her head down, and if she, I mean, generally when she starts a bird, she she puts it up. Yeah. Um, Bear is a wrecking ball. <laughs> is when they're in heavy cover, um, or they're running, you know, they're running in circles, or you know, he just yeah. yeah that's when he comes in and just you know, every flush <laughs> is the same for him. It's is just just wrecking ball. 100%, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, what? sometimes Dixie with a bell on her. Yep. Because um, when she's in cover, she's she is kind of hard to hear. But Bear does not need a no. belt because he's, no. he's just like a bulldozer going. Yeah. <laughs> how, how big is Bear? Just curious. Um, at his waterfowl hunting weight <laughs> right now, he's about eighty pounds. Okay. Yeah. So diesel. Um, last when I was at the vet, he was eighty-seven. So they're they're very similar. Right. Yeah, big I, strong dogs. I usually run them 80, 85 pounds at the beginning of waterfowl season. Yep, I try to keep diesel there too, even for uh, for for pheasant hunting. Yeah. I feel like that's a good weight. He's powerful, has a lot of energy, um, and when it's cool out, he'll go all day. Yeah, bear. Now our pheasant, our junior youth season opener was eighty-two degrees. Cool. Um, and I unfortunately had we had to hunt in the middle of the day just based on when the, yeah. when the kids could be there. Yep. Um, and we got you know we had a successful day, and we got. You know, we got more out of him than what, but that's the thing that's that you know is going to put him down. If it's cool, yeah. we've we've never run out of dog energy. Yeah, um, now, yeah. That was like today. Fall, I mean, it was in Iowa. It was what thirty-two degrees this morning. We actually had snow on the ground, surprisingly, and we were I don't know an hour into it into the hunt, and we stopped to take a little break and. None of the dogs' tongues were even hanging out. No, no, you couldn't hear any of them panting. It's like, man, this is this is the weather that they're made for, you know. And, yeah. and which, also to illustrate their, I would say, I think everybody's different. Dixie is, she is better at grouse and woodcock. Bear's not bad at it. Yeah. Um, she just seems to stick with grouse and woodcock better than what what he does yeah does she pick up burrs pretty bad dixie when you say pretty bad what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> i have goldens so i know like there it doesn't matter you there could be a field that looks burless and they'll come out and there'll be birds on them i mean it's it's um, crazy yeah no she's i was just pulling some off of her a few minutes ago i've got a tiny pile started on the table here so. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is the one thing that like a big difference for the labs and you know even the stringer spaniels is that hair is that is one nice thing that I love about the labs is you really never have to pick a burr off of them. No, you know I I do like that part. Yeah, I'll get Dixie and like scissors and just start cutting her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hair out. I try to time her getting groomed because we just shave her down. Yeah, um, for this the start of the season and then not too long you know maybe like a month later yeah that's what i do with my goldens too is it give them what's called a teddy cut and it, they basically come out looking like a lab and everybody's like oh is that a yellow lab that you have because i'm like oh no it's it's a golden she just has really short hair today yeah. you know but, the only golden retriever i ever saw in the pheasant field was on a retractable leash <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. well there hey no when the birds are running i could really use that retractable yeah. leash someday. jesus criminy I'm not, I'm not trying to put down goldens i've just never seen them out there yeah um, there's I'm not a there's not a ton of them there's not you know uh, they're kind of a lot of them are bred for show, you know, just for the show dog. There's not a lot of field bred golden kennels out there, you know. They're they're hard to come by, so it's yeah. When you get a find a good one, you know, it works. But a lot of I think a lot of people they don't do the research to find a good field bred golden line, and they get the show golden line, 
and they're not they're not made for hunting you know they're right. they're bigger they're not they don't have any sort of drive they're supposed to have a long coat they're lazy you know and they're just they look cute is basically what they're there for you know and that's what it is but yeah. springer lines too um yeah there's a lot of springers out there but not all of them are necessarily from like dedicated field lines where people yeah yeah i mean there's a there's a turd in every bunch right so <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> i so mean you guys- when i when i got diesel so originally I, w- I wanted to hunt him but i didn't know how far i wanted to take it at the time and i went i called this uh this breeder and i said hey i want first pick of all black males so you had to put your money down yada 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 waited you know came up she calls me she goes good news had their puppies the bad news is there's only one black male <laughs> and you know it it was he was the biggest dog in the litter and he would like didn't move he was a turd. He didn't want to move. And I thought, oh, my God, I don't even get to pick anything. <laughs> like, I got this this turd. He's not going to be worth a shit. Well, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, he turned out to be a great dog. But, uh, you know, there's always that turd in the bunch. Yeah. Like, see, Tyler, he can't. Like, Tyler in our group, when we hunt, he can't hit shit. Oh, he misses all the time. <sighs> Who used more shells today? <laughs> I did, actually. <laughs> Uh, so you guys had waterfowl opener, you said, yesterday? Saturday, yeah. Saturday. Saturday. How did that go? Um, it was a good day. I think it's, for us, the way our seasons are structured, we have a week in October. Yeah. Is what we call the first split. And uh, that week is primarily wood ducks for us. Um, we have some resident mounds around, of course, but. The only birds that we have pushing in numbers at that point in the year is generally wood ducks. Yeah. Um, and then our second split, which is what we would call our late season, starts in November, and that's when we get into kind of the meat of waterfowl. Um, but we actually went out and we killed five mallards. Nice. Um, which I'll take, you know, that first that first split, I'll take five mallards any, any time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, it was it was a good hunt. We uh, we couldn't locked in in fog in the morning, you know. Which yeah. it's I guess it's important to say that Pennsylvania waterfowl hunting is uh, you know, it's not a destination for a reason. Okay. <laughs> so uh, every bird that we work, you know, every bird we kill, um, we work for it. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's a tough state to hunt ducks in. Um, we yeah, so there's no there. flight. There's no real flight pattern through there. Or? No, I mean we we are technically technically actually believe it or not where we live right now is considered Mississippi Flyway. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, we're not in the AP zone, which we're the Atlantic population zone. So the southern parts of the state, particularly, uh, you get down around you know kind of the lower Susquehanna River, Chesapeake Bay. Yeah, um, they see better numbers of of migrators um, where we're at. We rely on good numbers of resident birds and really, really bad weather. And if we don't get that bad weather to push those birds out of New York, we're in for a, we're in for a tough one. Huh. Huh. That's crazy. I don't know about that. So, obviously, we're in Iowa. My hometown used to be a big flyway. And when I first started duck hunting up there, and actually, I don't even duck hunt anymore, but I used to duck hunt, we would go out and in 30 minutes to an hour, we'd have a two-man limit. Yeah, done. I mean, and you were also in. on the Mississippi. You got to yeah, that part. Yep, yeah, we were on the Mississippi River. Yep. Um, and now, um, I talked to uh, Brian Sorensen, who was on one of our podcasts earlier. But he's big duck hunter, goose hunter. There's nothing there. He has to go. He goes to Canada now to go hunting. <laughs> yeah. It's just like there's not. It doesn't even show up. He doesn't even go teal hunting or nothing down there. It's it's crazy how it just changes. Yeah, and we suffered from. The Susquehanna River, you know, again, getting back to habitat, conservation, the Susquehanna River is our primary river through central Pennsylvania and one of the the largest tributary to the Chesapeake Bay. So um, there was a time when the Susquehanna River was in a lot better shape than it is now. And we had a lot. There was actually a culture of, of, you know, of, 
the diver hunting on the Susquehanna, on the Susquehanna. and that's when the grass beds disappeared, the divers disappeared, and flyways huh. changed, and you know the same thing. Yeah. Every other, I'm not yeah. saying anything that the waterfowl hunter in the country's not saying. Uh, <laughs> it's been tough. Uh, good years, bad years. Like I said, it's, it's just weather oriented. Yeah, we like these wood ducks in the early season because they're calendar yeah. bird and they always move. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'll take five. Uh, we were hunting a, a medium. That's the other thing we deal with versus other places, particularly in the Midwest. We hunt moving water, um, streams, rivers, large rivers. Susquehanna is a big river. Um, and, and that makes a big difference as far as our dogs are concerned. Now, yeah. During yeah. February, especially our late goose season, which runs to February 29th. Um, wow. um, on those large rivers is it's it's uh it's not some place to mess around and it's especially not some place to mess around with your dog no for sure yeah i've never river hunted so i don't yeah, know if i will pot holes we don't get the swamps there are swamps and ponds that we hunt but for the majority and especially when when we start getting ice um we're river hunting and now uh, that's yeah. kind of a different board game. Nice. Yep. So, so give us so give us some of your stories. What are some of your best stories? Each of you can go through them. And uh, so I'm going to switch up the order. Jonathan, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> can I go third? <laughs> <laughs> I just told them my favorite story. Someone <laughs> wants to them. Yeah. Love that story. <laughs> It's like the old standby. <laughs> you tell a story. Um, I don't know. I think my my two favorite days are the days that, well, not, yeah, I guess my favorite days are the days that it's just me and Dixie out. And when we hit, you know, it's a two bird limit. And okay. so, um, you know, sometimes I can, I work from home. Yep. And so I don't have to deal with a commute. So, you know, I hit a certain time of the day and I'll take her 10 minutes down the road. And like the days that we hit the limit together, I think are just my favorite days. Um, yeah, you accomplished something by yourself and you didn't need nobody yeah, else. That and just like, you know, one, you know, it's, it's you and your dog. Yep, um, and I feel like Dixie and I work well together. She tends to... Would you agree? She tends to work more in front of me. I think again, it's because I'm home with them, so they're yep. they respond to me a little differently. But um, the last two days, the last two seasons, on the last day that I've taken her out, we've hit the limit, oh, and so nice. both of those hunts are really memorable. Like I remember all of the flushes in both of those hunts, and all of the misses, and then the hits <laughs> that I had too. Um, and what are, you shooting? One, what are you shooting? What is it? A 20 gauge? Uh, thank six, you. Yeah, 686. I'm not, you know, I hunt, but I'm nice. not like that. <laughs> everything. Um, yeah, I actually, I bought it off my dad and he let, he gave me a year to pay him. So that's <laughs> nice. all I have that gun. <laughs> um, but there was one where we flushed a bunch and I shot, missed, <coughs> you know, where the one landed, we worked over there. And so I knew that we were getting close to it and just how it was kind of like silhouetted, um, up on the hill. And she, some people won't like this, but she jumped after it and you could hear her like jaw snap and you know, this really pretty rooster. And I knocked it down and, um, that was probably like my favorite bird with her. Nice. You got it mounted? No. Again, it's, uh, I think I that one for sure, but <laughs> Jonathan did it, and I, um, you know, stock birds, st mounting stock birds. Um, <laughs> are you making fun of him? Oh, no. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, who else, who's up next? I'll, I'll give the old, uh, this is going to sound super cliche. I, I don't know. I just, 
not not having a ton of experience doing this. I guess I've hunted for six years at this point. Um, I, I just enjoy the opportunity to be able to get out. Um, and again, that's super cliche. God, it yeah. is. Hi, Jesus. Spots that are super memorable. <laughs> and there's certain days that are maybe more memorable. But I mean, I just count myself really fortunate to you know be it, to live in a place where those opportunities are available. Yep. Um, if you could, if you could give a new hunter or someone that's getting into hunting like you are, what what's a tip that you'd give them? Like, what would you tell them if they were thinking about it? I'd say start with bird hunting. Like, it's it. it I, I would. I honestly think bird hunting is like the gateway drug. Yeah. People and there's cat people, right? And so, <laughs> like, so you're talking like what? Sixty percent of the population probably likes dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you already like dogs. Like you probably eat meat. Yeah. Like everybody likes chicken. <laughs> it doesn't taste like chicken. Yeah. You already like dogs and you already like chicken. So then you just got to do the gun thing. Anybody can learn that. Yeah. Um, what do you shoot? I shoot an old 20 gauge superposed. I don't know, I don't if know what that is. No. Uh, it's an old Browning over under. Okay. Nice. Oh, nice. The 20 gauge version of the last gun John Browning was on. From- okay. Oh, cool. Very nice. Awesome. Man, I forgot. Cody, you're up. <laughs> um, I guess I'll 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 go the waterfowl route. Um, two years ago, not last season, season four, we hunted. Uh, we showed up at a river that we, you know, the, the medium sized river. And I guess we call rivers something different out here than what, than what the rest of the country does. But, uh, you know, 450 yards across, um, pretty big piece of water. That is. Um, that is. It was the day after Thanksgiving. And we had Thanksgiving festivities, you know. Uh, and in, in the holidays, kind of dealing with all that, I didn't, I didn't check the, I didn't check the weather. And I didn't, I checked the weather, but I didn't check the river gauge. Um, which we kind of live and die by out here. And I hadn't considered the massive amount of rain we had had the week before. And so when we showed up the river Friday morning, it was, you know, four feet off flood stage, just a chunk of milk mass. It was blown up into the grass, you know, in the area that we were going to hunt. And uh, it was also the, a huge cold front. It was, it was negative two in the morning with the wind chill. I think high was 20 for the day. It was 13 degrees in the morning. And uh, so we knew, you know, for us, that's that's duck hunting weather. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, oh, yeah for sure. That's when we do our. Uh, that's when we do our best. So uh, we were kind of faced with this horrible situation. What you know? What do we do? We couldn't even set decoys in water. It was running so fast, and uh, we had driven over an hour to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we kind of found a place where the water was a little slower, and it was kind of. A little more manageable, still too deep to set birds, set decoys in. And we just piled loose decoys on the back and stood against the trees and sort of just hoped for the best. And uh, I, I'll kind of, long story short, we killed 15 ducks that day. Wow. Uh, wow. Two black ducks, you know, a pile of mallards, wood ducks. Um, and the, the important part of that story is, and there's two, two, two kind of sides of this. Um, Every bird that was shot that day was picked up by, by my lab because we physically could not pick birds up. Nice. The bird that hit the water was his responsibility, and he was on his own. Um, he made every retrieve. He made multiple blind retrieves. Um, at one point, he was sucked so far down the river in the current that I couldn't see him anymore. Oh, oof. Running down the bank, you know, in panic mode, you know, worried he was pinned against a tree or something and drowning. And he just come running up the bank with a, with a fat greenhead in his mouth. <laughs> you know, no I big got deal. No, no big, big deal. deal. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was, we hunted all day. And uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a good day, you know. Um, now, the flip side of that is if we face those conditions tomorrow, I would never put my dog in that position again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scary stuff. And that's the, that's the, the, uh, you know, I, 
that's tough stuff. And I wouldn't, you know, no bird is, is worth that. And I was, you know, that was a couple of years ago and I was maybe a little more gung ho then. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe a little, you know, maybe just ignorant of the threats that he faced that day in that yeah. room. Um, but it was no big deal to him, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's going after that bird no matter what. He's going to get it. Yeah. I mean, he aced the Drake that uh, we had crippled. Um, you know, he hit the water swimming. And uh, it, it was a retrieve that during normal conditions would have been absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was 150 yards out in that river. And I gave him the I gave him the, the left hand signal and he turned on a dime and swam straight down with the current and sold the bird and picked him up and, you know, and made his way back. Um, it's... Uh, I guess what, I, I, and I think my brother said it the best too. Last season, he picked up a, he swam the entire way across. It was the same spot actually. He's, he swam the entire way across that river for a honker that was crippled, <laughs> and it, it it actually ran from him up into the woods. <laughs> he swam the whole way across the river. I I actually didn't send him on that retrieve with, with the intention of him swimming that river. The goose did that. Um, and the water was fairly it was reasonable that day. He had no problems, you know, as far as uh, yeah. swim. But the bird swam and it, it made it across, and and I left him go. Um, and he cr- ran up on the bank, you know, and disappeared in the woods. And we kind of <laughs> stood there for a minute, and he backed down out of the woods with a fourteen pound honker that was very much alive. <laughs> Back in the river, and we sat and lay. Me and my it was just me and my brother, and we sat in layout blinds watching him come back across the river and my brother said uh and and i think like i said i think he put it best he said uh i don't think we're ever gonna have another dog like him (laughs) and i said yeah yeah. i think i think we got that dog as the first dog (laughs) (laughs) they say you get one great dog yeah i know you know and that's sad because i think i think the same thing like diesel's been i think my best dog to date and i'm like well that sucks because i'm only 35 four so yeah yeah i'm, three, I'm 33 so we're in the same yeah. <laughs> it's like god awesome well we appreciate you guys' time tonight um it was awesome talk to you learning about you we definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast uh look forward to seeing you guys success in the field this year and continuing to follow you um i said we don't want to take any more of your time so and again, if there's ever a time you make it out this way, or we make it out there, uh, yeah, the feel free to hit us up. Let's uh, yeah, let's totally. get together and let's shoot them up, flush them birds. <laughs> so, all right, everyone, have a good night. Thanks, guys. Bye. Right, see Bye. ya.